In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, where Atlanta United defeated Monterey 1-0 in the second leg of their Champions League quarterfinal series, but... It's a two-legged affair, and Monterey took the first leg three to nothing, so they win the series by an aggregate of three to one to advance to the semifinals. The good news for Atlanta United, which you can read all about if you follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC or on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, is it was arguably Atlanta United's best performance this season, even better than the four to nothing win against Herediano, considering the quality of the competition. But you have to also take into account that Monterey did have a 3 to nothing lead. It was probably playing to protect that a little bit more uh, than it was trying to get another goal. I'm joined, as always, or not always, but fairly consistently, by Jason Longshore of, 90, in, didn't you? of 92.9 FM and SoccerDownHere.net. Jason, what did you think of tonight? Is it something they can build on going into Philadelphia on Sunday and the rest of the MLS season? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's a lot of positives out of tonight. Who's who's arguing that it was not the best performance of 2019? I don't know if anybody's arguing. Okay. You know, four yeah, goals I, I against Herediano is, is always is good. Yeah, it is. But that was against an Herediano that fired their manager the next day. Um, they made some bad decisions in the lead up to that second leg. I was really surprised at how they handled it. Um, this was against a top quality opponent, and when you look at the the two legs, I mean, it's three one between the two. Atlanta United let it get away from him at the end in Monterey, uh, dodgy penalty to open things up. Here tonight, you attacked in a much better way. Yes, Monterey sat; they played a little bit more of a five three two five four one, but you kept them on their heels and and every time it looked like Monterey was about to grab the match and and take control Atlanta grabbed it back and and that says a lot and you get a goal to show for it I think if you had had that type of effort and not found the back of the net we'd have a little bit different feeling at the end of it this is the best team in CONCACAF that they faced this is the best team you're gonna see on paper in 2019 unless you see them again in the Campiones Cup in August this is the best, and they played like it. And Atlanta United did a pretty good job standing toe to toe with them. Yeah, it's it was they did um, a couple of things that you know we wanted to look for coming into this game was creating more goal scoring chances, more shots on goal. In that regard, if you look at the stats, it was still probably slightly disappointing. Through seventy something minutes, they still only had. Three shots on goal, I think, at Lenny United. But the difference was is they were threatening. And that's the thing to build off of. I mean, Monterey is no slouch on defense. Not um, with Nicholas by Sanchez any and Cesar Montes. Um, when so, you look at that back line when they, that they played last time, and they, they changed it up to go to, to five. They brought on Johan Vasquez. 
a young player, but Sanchez has been best 11 in Liga Emekis in recent years. Uh, Montes was just called up to Mexico. Layun and Ariano both called up to Mexico. I mean, right. you're talking absurd quality. Right. And, and that's uh, that underscores my point, that even though Atlanta United didn't get a lot of shots on goal, um, they were still threatening. They still played well. I think they would probably be a little bit disappointed that they couldn't create a few more things in some instances. Uh, Barco put a great ball through to Joseph Martinez early. He kind of took a swipe at it with his right foot, just could get nothing on it. Uh, the goalkeeper still made it, made a good save. Uh, they had another moment down on the other end of the second half, a couple of free kick opportunities that they couldn't take advantage of. Pinti tested the keeper in the yeah, first half but, with a beautiful chance from 40 yards. But it was something to build off of. Uh, I thought Barco looked fantastic tonight. I thought Pity looked exhausted. Um, he, he was getting knocked off the ball a couple of times, and he's played a lot of soccer. Yeah. And he, you know, I thought they would probably sub him off at halftime. I thought he looked so exhausted. It was the right sub for him first. I thought he had a, a good flurry in the first half, and it was around that time. And he had the shot from distance. He had the free kick that skimmed mm-hmm. off the top of the wall. He had another chance off of a corner that he took that came back out to him. He didn't miss by much with a curler from the mm. edge of the 18. That was all in about a 10, 15-minute span, and I, I think that was what he had tonight. That was right. the end of it. Yeah. I feel a little – not. I don't know what the word would be. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Atlanta United is going to work on some things in the break after Philadelphia because the three people that they probably need a lot of aren't going to be there, and that's Viaba, Pitti, and Joseph, who all got called up to their national teams. Depends on what you're working on. And I well, thought that's true, Frank DeBoer's you, comments were really interesting, though, about the the decision to play three slash five in the back because of Franco Escobar's injury. That makes you think that, okay, he was coming in thinking 4-3-3, which is what he said on day one, his, was his preferred way to play. Um, Escobar's close. And you're going to have a chance to have your entire back line and midfield Together, you're not going to have your attackers, and that's the problem. I completely agree. I wish you you had everybody, but then you do have another week off right after the Columbus game, so you're going to have a bye week there after that, where you will have everybody. It's not an international break. It's kind of a weird scheduling quirk, but maybe Atlanta United can make the most of it. Yeah, my only issue with that is it's not like Franco got hurt the the first week of the first game. Like Barco last year, he got hurt the very first day of training camp. They could have trained someone else to play right fullback. Gressel yeah. did it one game last year. One game. He's, um, he, Gressel at right back. I, is a I don't four see why you would change a whole formation and change everyone's because, responsibility simply because, because you, of one injury. Because you didn't have anybody else who could and play right And they still back. have time they could go and get somebody to play right. That's anyway. a different question. Yeah, yeah. That anyway. would that'd be what you'd have to do. Um, anyway, so going back to tonight's game. Miles Robinson, I thought, again, was just a rock yeah. on defense. I hope Greg Berhalter was watching. Yeah, I think he's got to do it for a season before he'll get consideration for a men's national team he, call-up. He should be getting consideration. Um, I, I, and it's a gold cup, so that's that's going to make it difficult for him. But he should be looked at because he brings some tools that – I don't know if there's another center back in the pool who has them. Um, that's true. Uh, Barco, again, I thought – looked so much more aggressive um, tonight. He made a lot of vertical runs. The pass to Martinez was great. He tried, To Joseph, he tried to make another pass 
Uh, he, he beat a guy off the dribble, which we haven't seen a lot of this year. Got around him easily, came down the right channel, tried to lay one off to Pity on the right, and Pity just didn't have that gear to go and get the ball. Another sign that he was exhausted. I don't hate Pity, as people on Twitter are saying. It's, he was exhausted. And, you know, it was when you're down already three goals, to have someone who's exhausted out there, you know, at some point you just got to make a decision. Is this 11 on 11 or 10 on 11? And tonight it was almost 10 on 11 in some cases because he just couldn't run. He just didn't have anything left. And that's not his fault. He's given everything to try to get Atlanta United here. He just ran out of gas. He feels a lot of responsibility. And I think he's trying to live up to the hype and maybe trying a little bit too hard right now. Maybe yeah, the, the long-range shots I think he needs to lay off of for uh, a little bit. Go back and watch his highlights. I, I know, I know. <laughs> he's got that in him. when you're down the, the three goals and you're taking a low-percentage shot, you're not only losing possession – but you're also costing the team a possible chance at a better percentage. Uh, the one that the one that he took that Barrevero had to make an unbelievable save on the upper ninety. If he's making that happen every time, I'll, I'll give him the forty yarders. Well, except he's hit a lot of them this season, and not a one has gone in yet. Uh, and they still only count one goal. It's just one goal. Okay, um, I don't know what to tell you. That's that's what you get with Pitti. He's going to do things that. Not many players have the the guts to do or the ability well, that, to do. That I appreciate. And that those things... I'm just saying consider the, circum, the situation and the circumstances. True, there's but th- there's also something else to consider is when you score a goal like that, especially in a tie like this where you have to get multiple goals. Yeah, it only counts one, but it does shake up an opponent. It does. It has an emotional effect on a game, on a team, on a crowd. And he's capable of it. He hasn't done it yet. He's capable of it. We've seen it in his career. I thought Jeff Lorenowitz, who came in at center back, played really well tonight. Really good tonight. It's, again, it's kind of hard to judge a lot of the guys on the defense uh, because Monterey really didn't push forward very often because um, they didn't need to. Um, but I thought he did look solid. Again, Miles looked solid. Uh, Nagby, I like Nagby getting more vertical tonight. He Nagby was, was our man in the match. He was moving forward a little bit more. Barco was mine. He is moving forward more than he has in the previous couple of games. So I do think this is something to build off of. I am going to be curious to see if they do try to do the 4-3-3 against Philadelphia, maybe try to get Viaba out there because they're going to need some fresh legs and some speed because the guys are just they're at the end of the kind of the mile marker, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and Frank said he's spoken, Frank DeBoer said he's spoken with uh, Viaba about what he needs to do to get on the field. Viaba said, I think I have quality. I'm, I'm doing double training sessions so I can be ready when he calls me, and uh, I think that's a good sign. That's a very good sign, and I think Tito's going to be energized by his performance tonight, which was very good, brought energy to the team when they needed it. I think he's going to be energized by the opportunity to, to go and represent Paraguay as well um, in, front, in front of a new manager that he's going to be trying to Who impress. do they hire? I don't know who they hire. Uh, Barizzo, which okay. is uh, a, a good hire, a very good hire. I mean, that whole situation was so bizarre um, with Paraguay. It'll be interesting to see how this international break, one, how it affects the players who are still here and the opportunities that they get in training and working on some things. But it can bring some life to a guy like Tito Vialba, who hasn't seen a lot of time. He gets on the field for Paraguay, does well. That gives him a boost coming back for Pitti Martinez. He gets on the field for Argentina in a lineup with a Lionel Messi, and that's going to be an exciting thing for him coming back. That's going to give him a boost. Joseph Martinez, we know how much he loves to represent his country. He takes a lot of pride in that, and that's going to help him continue on. Yep, I just, again, am a little bit concerned about DeBoer's ability to work on some of the tactical things on offense they want to work on when he doesn't have three 
of the four guys that you'll be working yeah. on it with. And then you get through Columbus, and then you have a, a two weeks. And um, if that's how it has to go, then that's kind of where you're at. So anyway, let, I'm going to wrap this up because the post-game interviews took a long time, <laughs> much longer than typical because this was run by CONCACAF and not by Major League Soccer and Atlanta United. Um, again, uh, Atlanta United's uh, f- pursuit of its first trophy is done. Uh, they are eliminated from the CONCACAF Champions League by Monterey, 3-1 to one on aggregate, uh, including tonight's 1-0 win at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, Jason, what do you all have coming up? Uh, we've got overreaction Thursday, tomorrow morning. It'll be a little bit different than overreaction Monday was, I think. Uh, definitely from the vibe on social media and our full-time report on Star 94-1 tonight. Much better, I think, mood in the Atlanta United fan base. So tomorrow morning, 9 to 11, on the Soccer Down Here app, on SoccerDownHere.net, and on the Spreaker app as well. All right, and because it's now 11.30, I'm probably just going to drive home and I'll post a whole bunch of things in the morning, the player ratings, this podcast. Uh, I've got, uh, I think, something tomorrow that y'all are going to like. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet uh, because I need to work on a couple of things about it. Um, and we'll go from there. That's a tease. Yep, Philadelphia on Sunday at 7 p.m. here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, a game Atlanta United really needs to get three points from. Uh, because it's only taken one point from its first two MLS games. This is Doug Robertson. You can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and I hope you'll consider subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution as well as following all the good work done by Jason and his crew. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.